to Reworking Talent, the podcast that tackles the top challenges in today's small business-focused talent market. I'm your host, Brent Scott, founder and CEO of Found Consulting, a growth-centered people operations and recruiting consultancy. And joining me is Lindsay Warren, Lord of the Rings geek and manager of talent operations. We're here to give actionable advice to business leaders and aspiring business leaders both on a personal and an organizational scale. Today, we're covering all things Gen Z, from how to attract and engage young talent to how companies can leverage this generation's unique strengths. And here to help us do that is the perfect person, Kat Agostino. Kat Agostino is the co-founder of Imagine Insights, a multi-award-winning supporter and promoter of talent throughout her career, Kat's mission is to continue to support young people and provide them with opportunities regardless of their background. Kat has co-created a business and a culture that champions inclusivity. Kat's a proud Londoner, passionate about her Portuguese heritage, and is currently learning aerial trapeze. Kat, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, of course. Well, and to kick things off here, let's define Gen Z. Uh, So for all the discussion about this generation, and there is a lot, as you well know, um, I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions about who they actually are. So who is Gen Z? (laughs) such a good question and you're so right there are so many misconceptions uh grouping gen z as as a whole and assuming that everybody is the same is definitely one of them from our perspective just to to clarify so gen z go all the way from sort of eight nine years old through to 27 now and as a business we work with 16 to 27 so that's the the age group that we're talking to all of the time and in addition to them being co-creators, digital natives, they're very driven, there's a very activist mentality. The biggest misconception that I hear is that they are demanding, they don't have a strong work ethic and I like to flip that. So I like to think of it as actually they're challenging the norm and if we're thinking about them in the world of work, what came before them isn't necessarily a good thing and so if they want to shake that up a bit and change things then that's a positive so that that misconception of oh they don't want to work hard or you know they want to have a life outside work I mean oh the shock they're having a life outside work how awful um and that's that's the biggest thing I hear I hear it from employers I hear it internally from organizations and I just believe that that's not the case and we need to to look at that slightly differently Mm. Hmm. yeah so true so true Uh, and I've got to say, as a millennial myself, I, I kind of just kick myself because I'm like, oh, they really have it figured out. But I do applaud <laughs> them in the background. I have to give it to them. Um, so so just to throw it back at you. So what what made you want to create a marketing organization that exclusively focuses on this space? Yeah, great question. There's no one else doing this. 
So mm-hmm. that's 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 the first thing that there's a need. <laughs> and there from a so we we focus on qualitative research. Yes, we can do the quant, but loads of other people can do the quant too. And we realized that there wasn't uh, an opportunity for young people whereby they could craft their skills when it comes to communication um, and, and insight generation and just having a platform generally to, to share their voice and not only to do that but to be paid and that's you know there's lots of panels out there there's lots of ways that young people can share their thoughts but often it will be oh you can be entered into a competition to potentially win a voucher and that's not what we deem is, is fair. And it's so hard for young people these days to get work experience and let alone be paid. And with the cost of living, and especially in the UK here, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's insane. And so why wouldn't we want to provide young people with an opportunity that can not only help them to shape their futures, but also reward them in a monetary way? And then from the qual perspective, because there's not really anyone doing it at scale, in the time frame that we can do it, which is within 72 hours, mm. it's a perfect opportunity in the market. I mean, don't get me wrong, there's no doubt someone that's going to come in and, and try and do what we're doing, but we see that as a positive. But that was the, the main reason was to help young people to shape their future, and then the rest has built from there. Mm. I love that. And so just to clarify, you all are... Um you all are international so you yes you can geographically segment as well we can so we're in 111 countries now we have 33 over 33,000 young people aged 16 to 27 within the community and that ranges I mean as I said 111 countries that's not all of the world but you know we're we're creeping up there slowly and we can demographically segment so yeah whether it's location whether it's gender whether it's interests that you know we can we can break that down that's incredible Um, I have to imagine that you're uh that your organization uh, imagine is getting a lot of of interest from the corporations <laughs> that that want to target this audience this gen z audience indeed um, indeed so because you obviously very deeply understand how how gen z is transforming um really the ways in which companies market their products uh how do you think this generation is going to transform the workplace? And I know you were starting to touch on it just a little bit in a prior answer, but but how do you think they're going to transform how we work? I, I love this question mainly because we so we did a, a big big annual we do an annual report. Uh, I can't take credit for it. It's actually Sinead and our team. It's her her baby, and we we do this report every year. And this year we focused on work, rest, and play. And so a big section of that, the work section, we spoke to thousands of our community and we asked them what was important to them. And then we can take that out to employers and and start to have that conversation of how we think that Gen Z will help to transform their workplace and even our workplace. And the big thing that's coming out is that they want to be involved in the conversation and they want to be able to drive that change. They want to feel that they are a part of a changing workforce. And that's not just in terms of, I mean, diversity and inclusion plays a huge role. But for this generation, they expect that. So they don't want to work, go into a workforce and, you know, see a very one-sided and, and that's when I talk about diversity I don't mean just just in terms of ethnicity or gender I think about diversity in thought and they they want to see that breadth and um and depth of 
people working in an organization so that's that's expected but they're really pushing on those things they're pushing employers they're saying why why you know why are we not at this point and how do we need to get there and then when it comes to things like work life I like the term work life harmony but work life balance flexibility that flexibility and that ability to be able to whether that's hybrid capacity whether that's working from home whether that's different hours but again that's something that they really want to fight for and that work-life harmony or balance actually was the top thing that that came out so it it was 43 percent of of the people that answered that question in the report said that that was the most important thing so above pay above career progression which is so interesting and that's not to say those things aren't important but if, and I'm a strong believer of this, if you can create a great culture and enable people, not just Gen Z, but in this context, Gen Z, to feel like they have that balance, but are also still progressing and being a part of that conversation, then it is likely that they will have a happier time at work and therefore your business will thrive. Yeah, that is so interesting because I feel like... um... I feel like we've we've heard that that uh, this this younger generation does value some of those uh, benefits that fall outside of just simply salary benefits. Um, but hearing you say that, uh, you you have the data that that also reflects that. And it's, uh, you know, of course, in the market right now, we're hearing so much about return to the office and no, you're going to work these hours. There's been that shift back to more of that traditional workplace. And I think it's just going to be so, so interesting to see the clash of, yeah. of I, I think millennials too, speaking as a millennial. Uh, Me too, millennials I'm, a, I'm a millennial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're, we're realizing, oh, wait, flexibility really is important. That work-life balance really, uh, truly is important to us. Um, and also other things, you know, there's things. So when we created the business, we are in a fortunate position that we could create the business from a culture first perspective. Mm-hmm. And that means the hire, you know, the hiring that we do, the way that we hire, we work different hours. So actually our, our contracted hours, and of course we occasionally work outside of these, are 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. And the reason that we did that, and that's a much shorter working day, is purely because we want people to have a life outside of work. Mm. And yes, there are times when we've got a lot of clients that are based in other markets. So yes, we do have to jump on a call outside of those hours. But that's okay, because generally, most people are free to work those hours wherever Mm -hmm. possible. But then it's also things I will regularly ask my team and say, what is going to be helpful to you? And what can we implement in the business within reason? For example, there's a lot of our younger team, the Gen Z and our team, are really finding it hard to know how to manage their finances and to get the support that they need or the advice that they need. And that came out as as part of the internal survey we do. So I went away and thought, right, okay, who can I find that can come in and give them some guidance, give them some tools? That was a mixture of people that I found on social media and, and experts. And that has then happened. And now they feel slightly more comfortable being able to manage their money. So for employers, it's about going, let me ask you what would be helpful. And am I willing then to make a change? And -hmm. I think that's a really important thing is that if you if you just have that dialogue with with your teams uh, or your wider organizations, then you can make changes, even though we are used to this historic way of working and, you know, maybe and, and, and not all the good stuff. 
but this is the time to now move that conversation on. So to be able to do that by actually speaking with Gen Z is really going to benefit organizations. For sure. And I have to ask you, uh, just your opinion as a leader, um, you you brought up the the two questions. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you what it is you want, what it is you need to be successful at work, but also, am I willing to change? And I have to ask about the order of those questions. Um, do you think there it's in, it's important to ask yourself as a as a business leader first? Am I willing to change before going to the team? Or yeah, yeah, you have to be open to it, and you don't have to say yes to everything. It's not you know we've had lots of suggestions where I but where myself and my co-founder Jay will say actually that's not possible for for the business. That's not going to suit our model. That's not going to be something we can implement at the moment. And to feel that's okay to say no. But if you are willing to at least um, hear their ideas and then say, okay, this might not be possible, but how about this? And so, yes, in answer to your question, you do need to be open to what they're going to say, because otherwise, I mean, it could, you know, the conversation could go in a very disastrous way. (laughs) For sure. What, what I think also is so great about this is you're nurturing that other need that they have of having a voice and giving them a seat at the table. Yeah, exactly. Really, really brilliant. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so speaking of speaking of marketing, speaking of um, like that employment brand and, and building employment brand, how should companies be thinking of attracting and retaining uh, Z talent? Um, how can they communicate better with the uh, with the Gen Z talent market? And I mean, you kind of answered this in the previous question, but just really how to market those benefits that that Gen Z actually wants. The, it has to start with a hiring process. I mean, it's, it's so it's so archaic. The way that we're recruiting via a paper resume is just not representative of how inclusive we we should be. Um, as as the world, you know, and and it's we have a slightly different way of of recruiting, and and I think again, people need to be open to that change, and even some of the language that you hear within interviews, oh, you're not a cultural fit, or you're not. It's we just have to change some of that language and that terminology. So I think for employers, from a recruitment perspective, it's about ripping up that old rule book and 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 starting again, and the way to do that is to ask. Gen Z and to say okay well what's been good about hiring processes that you've been through okay that sounds great let me let me implement some of those I'm not saying to businesses and organizations that you have to completely um, you, you can just completely scrap what you've done before but there are certain elements that what has been a historic way of hiring isn't necessarily what's going to get you the best talent now mm. and then in terms of in terms of retaining that talent it does mm. come back to that two-way dialogue and and taking on that feedback and we we actually ran a a webinar last week which we invited our community along to 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 speak on the panel and I also spoke from more of an employer perspective and that was again asking them what makes them thrive what is important to them and a few things came up one getting to know them as people was was spoken Mm. about and I thought that was really interesting because it sounds like common sense but how much do you really know about the team that you're working with in our business at the end of each day or we have a 15 minute team meeting and that team meeting is 
what's your one highlight for the day and what are you doing that evening? And then on the Friday, before we break break up for the weekend, it's what are you doing this weekend? I instantly know, I can talk about work with my team all day, but now I know what's made you happy that day. And also I know about your life so that when you come in on Monday, I can say, how was your weekend? What did you do? Did you see this person? And I have an interest in you as a person. So that came up quite a lot. Feedback um, and praise. So praise is, I think, important to all of us, but also that constructive feedback as well. And I'm a big, big believer of it's great to hear the good stuff, but actually the stuff that you can work on is the stuff that's going to develop you. And that was a really interesting conversation around how to how to give feedback constructively and to empower people to want to make that those changes and develop through the course of the time that they're with you. And then there's other things around introducing so we have a flexible um, public holiday policy so if there is a cultural event that is important to you for example Eid then you can swap uh, one of our many public holidays <laughs> out for for Eid if that's more you know more important to your culture and, and something that you would rather celebrate things like that I wouldn't have necessarily known to implement had I not asked the team and, and thought about new ideas that could help to retain the talent yeah amazing yeah yeah Yeah, and you touched on and you touched on a couple uh you touched on a couple of interesting things there just the 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 fact that gen z is so multicultural um the most diverse generation ever um uh which i i have to imagine shapes their opinions and the ways that they they think about the world and the things that they want um, I also love that you that you talk about constructive feedback because, <laughs> holy, Lindsay and I have have heard the complaint from hiring managers. <laughs> well, they they just can't handle it. They're like the the blue ribbon for every one generation. You know, they you can't use a red pen to mark up their essays in school. It's too harsh. <laughs> and uh, I, I think hearing you talk about that, I, I think that there needs to be a reflection on how are you giving that feedback? Not exactly. Just- <laughs> it's uh, so true. And I think there's something in there real about, yes, it's, you know, millennials, older generations listening to Gen Z, but it's actually also the cross-generational learning is so powerful. Mm-hmm. If, and, you know, when it comes to things that maybe you don't feel comfortable about that could be asking someone about their culture that could be asking about race ethnicity gender and how and I know that some people have a nervousness around whether they are going to say the right thing or they're going to offend someone if you just ask that question it's more likely that then you will be much more comfortable in how you address a person a group of people um, a demographic if you've had that conversation first rather than making assumption or you know mixing your words up because you're a bit scared of getting it wrong and I think that also applies to you know there's so there's so much to learn from for Gen Z from the older generations and there's a lot of stuff that they won't have had exposure to and you know if you've grown up with technology and having a fun you know you've got all of all of this tech around you I didn't get a phone until I was 15 or however old I was, you know, and it's showing my age now, but that's those things. What, what, what how, the ways that we did things doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. And we've still got a lot of value as have, you know, boomers and, and Gen X 
to have that cross-generational learning is I, I just think is such a powerful thing so I do think it works both ways yes we need to listen and learn from Gen Z but also let's let's not forget about everybody else mm-hmm. 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 yeah absolutely I like that they're like uh kind of addressing the the friction um specific to the workplace, but I think also just in the world in general, the friction that can happen between generations, because as a millennial, you know, we also heard it uh, about uh, how fragile our our generation was, how we aren't willing to work, all all of these, all all of these tropes that seem to then be passed on to the next generation. (laughs) uh, It's funny how it works. Um, (laughs) Well, so so going back to our previous question, um, why should employers care about attracting Gen Z talent? Um, because we t- we talked about why maybe some of these these older generations who are business leaders how they've come to loathe some of these Gen Z and I'm using air quotes here, but these Gen Z characteristics. And so why should companies invest in Gen Z talent? The short answer is it's the future. I mean, we can't get away from it, right? So if it's not Gen Z, it's going to be Gen Alpha and and, and that generation is is here and, and getting older. So that that's that in summary, it's the future. There is a, the fact that digital dexterity, for example, will outweigh experience perhaps in in some elements. Um, And so would it not be better to try and learn and try and hire this generation and get as much, for me, I see it as an amazing opportunity. I'm like, right, okay, maybe I don't know how to use, you know, technology in the way that they they use. And I think I'm quite tech savvy. So why don't I upskill myself? Because ultimately that's going to help me in the long run because, there, I'm sure there's always, you know, a bit of fear for what do I do next? What do I do, what do I do after this? I mean, this is my second business, but I don't know, you know, what's going to happen in five years or 10 years. So I need to kind of upskill myself and make a plan. Um, yeah. You know, the introduction of AI, all of these things that are going to come in. If you if you load that generation and, and also the change in technology, then where will you be if you if, if you're just thinking selfishly about yourself? Where are you going to be in ten years? If because then they're, they're not going anywhere; they're just going to get older. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's the future. Full stop. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's all that needs to be said. That's like a mic drop moment. Uh, yeah, it's get on board or be left behind. Really. Uh, <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, so for for business leaders listening, um, what are some of the very concrete steps that you would take today to ensure that your position to to leverage um, all of the strengths that Gen Z has to offer in the workplace? Don't be afraid of the new of change. And see that as a positive. So that's more of a, a statement, if you like, mm. and a behave behavior. Sure. But in order to do that, if you don't have Gen Z in your organization already, then what? Well, well, then why? Um, things like, you know, that we've mentioned today, but the HR, the, rec- the the recruitment policy, because you're always going to be, you know, retaining or or keeping talent with either one within your organization. So that will fall under an HR umbrella. 
who's running the HR? What skills do they have in order to be able to speak to Gen Z? Are you able to consult with with a group of Gen Z if they're not already in your business? Mm-hmm. Taking those steps and asking those questions and getting that feedback will help you to improve as an organisation. And this isn't a plug for for us. I mean, it could be and say, you know, come and do some research and you'll find out what Gen Z think. But but I really do believe that if you don't ask your audience, so whether that's a, a marketing, you know, a brand, if you're not asking your consumer or your employee or future employee, then how are you going to make a change and how are you going to know what's going to happen is you're going to make assumptions. Mm. Yeah. And I, I've got a personal question as a recruiter. <laughs> Uh, so when working with Gen Z's, has there been a process that has really stood out that's been successful, that's really attracted them, that's given them a great experience walking into a new, a new organization or company? Yeah. Any, any insight there? I'm, I'm curious. I'd love to hear. (laughs) That personal element that I touched on before, and this actually came out in our webinar as well, which was being interested in that person as, as then. And yes, the skill set is going to be important or depending on the level of the role and the requirement of that role, but really trying to understand what is important to them, what their values are, what hobbies they like to do. That's a really great first step because you're showing that you are interested in them as a person and that will build such a great rapport and hopefully eventually build that trust and they will feel that you are invested in them. And that's, you know, that's what I hope that we've we've tried to do as a business. I, I feel that I know my team really well. And yes, we are in a world where a lot of things happen virtually and perhaps we're not always in the office or able to spend time with each other. But you can still put things in place, um, mm-hmm. you know, from a recruitment perspective that make pe- that pe- that show people a bit about the culture and the organisation that you run. And that also comes from you giving something away about yourself. You know, mm. I know I'm a big believer of I'm, I'm human. Things are going to happen. I've got a small child and, you know, I've been on I've been in an interview and, and she might be upstairs and she's screaming or having a tantrum or something. You know, if I, I could try and ignore that, but I can't really ignore it because my distraction is is kind of going over there. So mm. if I just say, I'm really sorry this is happening. Let me just tell you a little bit about the situation. Instantly, they've got a bit of me. They know that I'm you know, normal and probably that that situation itself isn't ideal, but that's just what happens. Mm-hmm. So being personable, sharing stuff about yourself is definitely a, a key tip for me. And then thinking about new ways to recruit. We like to ask people if they're comfortable uh, and if they have if they have the accessibility needs to be able to record a video. Um, we like to ha- ask them to record a video about themselves instead of doing a CV. And we might set a task, we might ask them to respond to a question, but that's something that's worked really nicely for us just to get a feel for, again, that person themselves. Wow. I I really love that. And I think that that is so fascinating about them wanting to relate to whoever they're being interviewed with. I can't tell you how many times, even in the last year, I've had hiring managers get on a Zoom call with me and they're they're irate. They're 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 not understanding why these candidates are talking about hobbies and not talking about skills and not talking mm-hmm. about tools that they're in. So I find that really interesting that this is essentially a Gen Z interviewing them as well and seeing if it's a good fit. For sure. It has to be. I mean, you know, if you want that talent to be in your organization for the foreseeable, then they have to be invested in you as well. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, Kat, this has been so amazing. (laughs) And before we let you go, I'm going to give you the floor here. Tell us a little (laughs) bit about what you've got going on, any projects, events, anything you've got. We so we've grown the community. I mean, it's growing every day, uh, which is fantastic. The fact that we can provide so many more opportunities to more young people all over the world and pay them. We yeah. are working with the most amazing brands, and that doesn't mean necessarily the big brands, which which we are working with. But we're working with charities, and we're working with small businesses. And the the fact that I can come into work and generally genuinely love what I do is the most empowering thing we have an incredible team and we are providing these rich rich verbatim this qualitative insight from this amazing audience that is going on to help change and shape you know whether it's brands products themselves or designs or marketing strategies uh, whatever it is we are seeing that impact and to be able to come in and do that every day is just incredible Mm. amazing it's amazing it's amazing and uh yeah I I have never never heard of an organization that does what you all do so it's uh it's it's so so great to chat with you Kat and um you you can get in touch with Kat of course on LinkedIn and you as always can reach out to us as well and we'll get you connected Uh, You can also find Kat and her team at www.imagineinsights.com. That's imagine, I-M-A-G-E-N, insights.com. And you can find them on socials at Imagine Insights. And uh, again, thank you so much, Kat. This was such, such a great conversation about Gen Z in the workplace from an expert, from someone who knows. Um, Thank you also for listening. And uh, I am so, so excited about the lineup of uh, interviewees that we have coming up this year. We're going to be releasing about an episode a month for the remainder of the year. So please stay tuned. Stay subscribed and we'll see you next time.